0: Hi, and welcome to the 36th Womanthology podcast. My name is Fiona Tatton, and I'll be your host. Womanthology is a digital magazine and professional community powered by female energy and ingenuity. We champion equal recognition and reward for everyone, sharing opportunities, ideas, and a deep pool of collective wisdom, supporting each other to be unstoppable. theme of the show today is Women of History to coincide with Women's History Month. I'm going to be joined by Sarah Moshman, director and producer in film and television and long-term friend of Woman'sology, who talks about her new narrative film about Dr. Anna Fisher, the first mother to go into space. As ever, Inesh Santos, our associate editor, will be sharing the details of the new stories in the written issue. A quick reminder that you sign up for the Womanthology newsletter by filling in your details on the front page of our website, that's womanthology.co.uk. You can also join our LinkedIn community by visiting linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash womanthology and find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook welcome to the woman's podcast we have sarah moshman who is a director and producer in film and television and a long-time friend of Womanology. how are you sarah
1: hello Fiona. i am so good how are you
0: well i'm okay but we're doing this transatlantic thing so we are opposite ends of the day so you look all fresh-faced and just like ready to start the day ready to start the
1: day and you're like (laughs) let's calm it down
0: (laughs) (laughs) but it's a pleasure to catch up because it's been quite a few years now hasn't it since we met we came over to manchester i believe
1: we did and i guess that would be may 2017 when my documentary was inside the shore which you were the catalyst for was coming out, so we did like an international kind of streaming tour and I finally got to meet you in person in Manchester. So
0: it's been, oh my gosh, five years almost. Wow, wow. Well, I think we're not getting older, we're just getting more fabulous. I mean, obviously. Obviously, (laughs) goes without saying. So (laughs) I have some questions for you today. I'm going to start by having a bit of a recap. You've taken part in War Mythology several times since we started several written articles but for people who missed those we will link to them in the show notes as well but could you give us a quick recap on your educational background and your career to date as well
1: sure so yeah my name is Sarah Moshman I'm a documentary filmmaker and um, now I'm getting more into narrative filmmaking as well I also produce for television I direct commercials, I direct branded content, I kind of do a lot of a lot of things, but I've always loved being a filmmaker, I've always wanted to be a director, always been behind the camera since I was a teenager, so it's just been something I've always wanted to do, and I'm so grateful to be doing it, and I grew up in the Chicago area in, in the United States, in Illinois, I went to college at the University of Miami in Florida, where I studied film. I moved out to Los Angeles immediately after that, because that's apparently what you do when you're passionate about film. You go to LA or New York, typically. You don't have to, but it felt like the right place for me. And so I've been in Los Angeles about 14 years, working professionally in film and television. I started in the reality TV world. So I worked on Dancing with the Stars, which I believe is Strictly Come Dancing in the UK, which is also very popular here. So I did 10 seasons on that show as a field producer, meaning that I was the one filming and interviewing the celebrity dancer couples as they pre- prepare to dance live on Monday nights. Um, it was uh, very exciting and I traveled all over and met a lot of incredible people but about five years into my time doing that and as well as working on other television shows I really had this hunger to tell my own stories to tell more stories of women just like woman mythology wanting to represent women on screen and behind the camera. And I felt there was such a lack of that. There still is, but things are definitely getting better and moving in the right direction. But certainly in 2012, 2013, when this was happening for me, when you turn that awareness on, it's really hard to turn it off when you start to say, hey, why am I not seeing myself or the incredible women in my life reflected back to us in our media? And so I felt like, okay, maybe I can do something about it. Maybe I should stop waiting for the phone to ring with this perfect opportunity and just create it myself and that self-empowerment really was a pivotal moment for me and i decided to make a documentary called the empowerment project ordinary women doing extraordinary things which is i believe how we first connected through womenthology since our missions were very much in alignment and basically with four other female filmmakers i drove across the united states from los angeles to new york and interviewed all these inspirational women along the way that I felt like their kinds of stories weren't being told. And these are women that you've never heard of. And that's the point, right? Is that why don't we hear more stories of an astronaut and a pilot and a mathematician and a biologist and a ballet dancer, you know, incredible ordinary, quote, ordinary women who are truly extraordinary. And so that was a really incredible experience to make that film, not only to make it, but then also to share it with audiences all over the world. So that film was kind of like the little engine that could. I learned so much from making it and sharing it, distributing it into schools and groups and organizations and corporations of all sizes. I learned just a ton about grassroots film distribution and what you can do with a documentary in terms of impact, in terms of revenue, in terms of advancing your career, working with brands. We got to do all kinds of cool partnerships with that film. Um, and it just really exploded my mind as to what what's possible as a filmmaker and and what's possible when you can reach that intersection of social impact and filmmaking. And so then we come to Losing Side of Shore, which is Fiona, yourself, you wrote me an email and I'll never forget January, 2015. And you said, I came across these four women. They're called the Coxless Crew. They're about to set off across the Pacific Ocean. Thought you might want to meet them. It was like the most innocent email. (laughs) And it truly was. Maybe any other person would have been like, they're nuts. Keep going about your day. But something about it, and obviously you and I had interacted before and done these interviews for Womanthology, so I thought, okay, sure. I'm happy to talk with them. I had no expectation going into that first Skype. These are pre-Zoom days. This was very much Skype. And so I Skyped with Laura Penhall and Natalia Cohen maybe like the next day, I want to say. Um, honestly, just thinking maybe they want to know what GoPro to buy. I just really had no concept that human beings rode across oceans. Like I cannot express enough how little I knew and still don't know about rowing, ocean rowing, especially. And so I Skyped with these two unbelievable women. And by the end of that Skype, I was just totally in. I thought this is such an extraordinary story. Again, it's like ordinary women doing extraordinary things. This theme kept coming to me and Although I had no idea how I was going to tell the story or if they would row for a week and say this sucks and turn around, like I said, no idea. I just had to find out. And I was so inspired and I thought, well, if I'm this inspired, then I think an audience would be just as inspired, if not more so. so that, that was just like the kernel of passion and, and fire within me and, and wanting to continue down this path. And so fast forward to two years later, I mean, a very big fast forward because they, spoiler alert, rode across the entire Pacific Ocean in that time. And I supplied them with cameras and microphones and hard drives so that they could tell their own story at sea, which was unbelievable. And then I got to travel all over the world to meet them along the way. And that's to simplify it to its most basic understanding in that in the meantime, I'm raising money and trying to figure out how am I going to get to the next stop? I'm applying for grants and crowdfunding and bringing on investors. And it was just an unbelievable experience from all sides. Um, And then the happy ending to Losing Set of Shores that we found a home on Netflix worldwide. So the film premiered in May 2017 in 190 countries, and it was subtitled in 25 languages. And it was such an unbelievable dream come true to have the biggest audience truly possible in the world because Netflix is such a massive platform for Losing Tide Ashore so that people all over the world could be inspired by their story. And thankfully, we found some other homes for the film too. So even though we're no longer on Netflix, sadly, we have been on DirecTV and right now we're actually on Oculus, like the I VR. Saw that.
0: I need to have a go at that.
1: It's wild. And so we're still finding new homes for the film and it's always on iTunes and Amazon as well and people are finding it there. So it just goes to show that it's a film about the power of the human spirit. It's not about rowing, it's never been about rowing. It's about friendship, perseverance, and, and the tagline of the film is everyone has a Pacific to cross. And I think anybody can identify with that sentiment. I, I don't want people to watch Losing inside of shore and think, oh my God, I could never row an ocean, put them on a pedestal. Like, yeah, me neither, but there's more to it. It's really a metaphor about the challenges we all face in our lives. And, and if we have maybe a fraction of their bravery, we could face those challenges. So that was an unbelievable experience as well. My third feature documentary is called Nevertheless. It's all about sexual harassment in the workplace. I started that film side by side with the Me Too movement unfolding. I was eight months pregnant with my daughter, and I started to feel this tremendous responsibility that I was bringing a girl specifically into the world and started to confront the biases, the sexual harassment that I had experienced working in television. And all of my friends had experienced, all my female friends specifically, certainly had a story. And I thought, well, what's going on? And and what can I do about it? And so my way of adding to the conversation was to really kind of unpack the systems that are in place that perpetuate sexual harassment it's less about oh how the mighty have fallen or one bad guy or one bad company or one bad industry i really wanted to make a film that looks externally like how did we get here and what is the me too movement all about and where are we hopefully going from here so nevertheless as it's been a difficult wonderful journey as well like every film We finished it in February 2020, so you know what happens next. None of the hopes for the film really came true in terms of screening it in person and being able to stand beside it like I was with Blues Inside of Shore, so we didn't get to have a screening tour. We've been doing some really meaningful discussions online and virtual screenings, but I still think there's a lot more life left in nevertheless, so we're still very much getting it out into the world in a meaningful way and using it as a tool for social change. So those are my three feature-length documentaries. That was a mouthful. And then I'm happy to talk about my narrative short film, which is called Unbound, which is just about done.
0: Yes, please do tell us all about this. I got super excited when I read about this. Tell us all about it. What's it all about?
1: Yeah, so just to differentiate, documentaries obviously are real stories happening in real time. And Narrative films are when an actor is portraying a story. But what's cool about this film, Unbound, is that it's based on a true story. So for me, it really melds the two genres, if you will, documentary and narrative. It's the perfect bridge between documentary and and narrative. And I've always loved narrative filmmaking, wanted to make narrative films, and did in high school and college, but it's been a long time. Fiction narrative films take a bit more budget and people to make. You need costumes, and you need a script, and you need actors. Whereas documentaries, some awesome person from across the pond writes you an email, you pick up a camera, and you get started. So it's, it's just a different beast. With this film, basically, I was talking with my friend Chrissy, who's the writer of the film, Christina Moore. And I was telling her, you know, I really want to make a short film, and I want it to be explore themes of motherhood. And I want it to be based on a true story. And I'm not really sure what that'll be yet, but that's really what's inspiring me right now. And she knew about the story of Dr. Anna Fisher. So basically in 1983, Anna Fisher was part of the first astronaut class at NASA that had women. So in 1978, the the first astronaut class was chosen. And six of those people were women. And Anna Fisher was one of them. And in 1983... She was asked to go into space when she was eight and a half months pregnant, which is insane, but it doesn't mean she went to space pregnant. People often get that mixed up, but she was chosen for a mission, which means she then had to train for her mission. She gave birth real quick. She literally gave birth on a Friday and was back at work on a Monday. I mean, this woman is unbelievable, but if you can imagine your greatest dream in the, in the entire universe is to be an astronaut and that dream happens to come true. When you're eight and a half months pregnant. And I just found that intersection of motherhood and ambition to be fascinating. And so she trained for 14 months, you know, all the physical training, all the intellectual training that goes into being an astronaut. And in November 1984, Anna Fisher was the first mother to go into space. And I just thought, wow, what she must have endured as an astronaut at that time, being doubted, being questioned with such a young kid at home. So her daughter was 14 months old um, when she went to space. My son right now is 14 months old. And so I wanted to explore those feelings that Anna must have been going through as a mother, when you've wanted to be a mother, but you've also wanted to achieve your greatest career dreams at the same time. And so my friend Chrissy did some research and, and wrote a beautiful script, and we worked on it together. And then I thought, you know, the perfect person to play Anna Fisher is my friend Lauren Lapkus and Lauren is become quite a well-known actress but she's my friend she's been my friend since we were 13 we grew up in Evanston Illinois together and I used to pass notes in the hallway in middle school mostly about what boys we liked or did not like us but also about our like hopes and dreams because that's what you do I guess Pre text messages. We are like writing with like glitter gel pens in
0: a notebook that we pass <laughs> I, in the hallways. I, I love a glitter um, gel pen. There's nothing oh like God. a glitter gel I, pen.
1: We need to get some glitter gel pens. When do we stop buying glitter gel pens? Because we need <laughs> some. I want <the> one right <laughs> now. Um, but I even found this note that we wrote to each other in the notebook that said, Where do you see yourself in 10 to 15 years? And we were oof, 13, 14 at the time. And she wrote, I hope that I'm an actress and I wrote, well, I hope that I'm a director. And so this has always been our respective dreams. And it's just such a joy to see her thriving in the world. I could cry thinking about all the things that she's done and all the dreams she's achieved. And of course, she still has so much career to go, but it's just so emotional seeing someone that I love so deeply and that I've admired for so long. And she's the funniest, most wonderful person. And she just became a mom as well. So it was the perfect confluence of factors. My amazing friend writing this beautiful script about a true story and my wonderful friend Lauren being the perfect person to play Anna because she had just had a baby. So she was going through a lot of these same things. And so Unbound is a short film about the intersection of motherhood and ambition through the eyes of Dr. Annalee Fisher, who is chosen to go to space at eight and a half months pregnant. And the film follows her from the moment she's asked to go to space until the moment she steps up onto the shuttle. That's about a 10 minute film and I'm, I'm really, really proud of it. More than anything, I'm so blown away by the incredible humans I got to work with on this film and all the artistry that was brought to it. A documentary can often be very lonely and <laughs> isolating, especially with Losing out of Shore. I, I wasn't even there to film a lot of it. But even when I was, my crew was me and my husband and my cinematographer, which is a very teeny, teeny crew because that's all I could afford. And so for Unbound, it was 30, 40 people on set all working towards the same goal, and all these rich conversations I got to have ahead of time before we even step on set so much of the problems have been worked out or the brainstorming the creativity has been thought out what should the set look like and what should she be wearing and what would her hair look like and how would she say that line and what lens should we use all of that is pretty much decided ahead of time so I really enjoyed the process so thoroughly and had the best time on set and I just felt so creatively alive making this film and bringing in my own experience as a mother. I have two children, a four-year-old and a one-year-old. So although I'm never going to go into space, I'm never going to row an ocean, these (laughs) themes are universal. What does it mean to have a dream? What does it mean to be passionate about your career and yet also be a mother at the very same time? I can love my kids with all my heart and still want to be a director. I can still want to go out in the world and and tell stories. And I can also miss my kids, but mothers go through so much of that dichotomy of roles. And I think there's so much rich storytelling to be had. And so to find a true story, to encapsulate those feelings is really, really powerful. And and I'm honored to have met Dr. Annalie Fisher a couple of times over Zoom. She's so wonderful. She knows about the film. She's excited to see it. So I'm hoping that we can incorporate her perhaps into some of our promotion and maybe some panel discussions. She's a wonderful person. She's I believe in her seventies now. It was the only flight she got to take, unfortunately, because the Challenger exploded um, only two years later in 1986. And she was supposed to fly again and was never able to. So she's this incredible role model, and I love hearing her tell her story about being pregnant and giving birth over the weekend, <laughs> like, and how she managed it all. So although the film is set in 1984, mothers today face all kinds of the same sexist questions and bias and discrimination in every industry so sadly it's still very relevant today to think about what what Anna Fisher went through as an astronaut and a mother at that time so yeah the film's almost done and we're going to be submitting to film festivals and we're trying to find some exciting partners to align with that are passionate about getting girls into STEM as well as motherhood and I'm really excited to see where this film's going to go.
0: when you're working on a project like this to get it off the ground in the first place to get it financed to make all those things happen i know we've spoken before about crowdfunding because i've crowdfunded and it was the (laughs) hardest thing i'm not kidding i hated it i know it's awful i could remember you saying to me well i had to stand at the side of the street with a big sign (laughs) at one point the things you end up doing when you're crowdfunding because it's just so full-on you've got this limited amount of time and you're trying to tell everybody and you're trying to get your message out there and i think once you've done it a few times it's maybe a bit easier because you know the things not to do
1: it's always a very vulnerable position to be in to say hey I need help I need money talk about you know women and confidence and finances those are three things that often don't go together but they should so I suppose my third crowdfunding campaign where I'm trying to raise a you know a good chunk of money myself I I don't know it, it was actually smoother this third time Maybe that's because wonderful people like you know my work and can say, oh, she's going to do something good with this. And so I don't have to give too much information and people are like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll give you 20 bucks or whatever. So I'm grateful for people like you, people that know me and know my work and that continue to support me. I hope there comes a day where I don't have to crowdfund anymore, but that's just not a reality for most filmmakers. It's really hard to get projects off the ground. And truly, if you wait for someone to pick you and to finance you, um, you might be waiting forever or you might have to sacrifice your vision to accommodate the person that's funding you. And that's okay. In, in some situations, but with a story like this one, especially with my first narrative short professionally, we'll say, certainly not my first fiction film I've ever made, but the other ones I'm not super proud of. So <laughs> I really wanted to make something that I'm very proud of. And that's, this is my vision. This is how I want to tell the story. It's important to maintain that creative control. So there's sacrifices that you maybe have to, crowdfund. I, I will say, I, I foolishly thought that our budget would be much lower because it's a short film and how bad can it be? But when you have space and you have 1984, those are very expensive factors because everything in the frame has to look like it's in 1984. If you want people to believe that it's 1984. So anytime you have a period piece, the budget goes up. And then space, we don't actually go to space in the film necessarily, but even having space suit, we have a a period accurate space suit that Anna Fisher is putting on, it's expensive to rent one of those, even just things like that, we had to have a massive airplane hangar to shoot in as if we were at the Kennedy Space Center, so without knowing it, I signed up for a very expensive film. But thankfully, I worked with so many incredible artists who accepted lower rates or would work for deferred or low pay because they believed in the film and the story and they wanted to be part of it. And those are the kinds of artists you need to work with when you're early on in a new avenue of your career is getting people on board that are super excited. Yes. (laughs) Long story short, crowdfunding is really hard, really vulnerable. (laughs) I'm always like, I'm never doing that again. And then you need to do it. So it's like, honestly, it's, but I see the value in it each time even more because I'm just so grateful that people want to take part in something I'm working on and, and believe in it. It's not like a product that they're purchasing. It's really like a belief in a vision or I hope that film gets made rather than, I like that coffee maker. I will buy it as you're making it. So there's something really powerful about that, that people are like supporting the arts and supporting me and supporting my team. And then that allows me to make the film for months. That's not just the crowdfunding you make the movie. Tomorrow I'm working on the color of the film. So all day tomorrow I get to focus on hiring an amazing colorist that's going to bring the film to a whole new level with the color. And I wouldn't be able to do that without crowdfunding. And this weekend I get to work on the sound editing and that's really fun to think about what sound effects should be here and where should the music come in and fade out? And is this part landing in the way that I hoped it would in terms of the sound? And that is like such a joy to take part in for me. And and I wouldn't be able to do that without crowdfunding. So it's a necessary evil, I'll say, but... Hopefully over time, I will have to do it less and less, but I'm just so grateful to all the people that are like, yeah, you're making a film. All right, here you go. Like, sure. Go crazy. It's such a good promotion. If, if you didn't crowdfund, then it's almost like no one really knows what you're doing. So it's also a good way to be like, Hey, here's what I'm up to, whether you donate or not. This is what I'm passionate about. And that's me. So.
0: You've got such a lovely energy with it as well, because when you talk about everything, your enthusiasm shines through. So I think it's very difficult for somebody who hears you talk (laughs) to to not buy into what you're saying because you're really passionate about it. And it definitely comes across. And I think that always helps. Thanks, yeah. That's absolutely true. And how can Womanthology listeners and readers support what you're doing?
1: Sure, well, for now... You can follow me on Instagram. That's where I post the most, at Sarah Moshman, S-A-R-A-H-M-O-S-H-M-A-N. I'll be posting updates about Unbound there. I hope to be getting some acceptances into film festivals in the coming months and aligning with partners. We're trying to find the right home for the film in terms of partners that are fascinated and interested in getting girls into STEM fields and science, technology, engineering, and math as well as motherhood. So it'll be an interesting journey. A short narrative film is a different marketplace, if you will, than a feature documentary. So I'm also learning as well what the best thing is to do with short films. But if someone wants to learn more, my Instagram is always a good place to start because that's where I post the most. And we have a great behind the scenes video that I'm going to be posting soon of the experience of making Unbound as well. And, And all kinds of photos. And and if you're interested in any of my other projects, those are all linked on there as well. Or you can check out my website, sarahmoshman.com. I post updates there too.
0: Wonderful. I will put links in the show notes as well to make sure that lots of people follow and uh, keep up with, with what you're doing. So finally, what is coming up next for you and what are you excited about? Oh my goodness.
1: You know, I just feel a different energy in 2022 that I'm really grateful for. And COVID aside, I'm just feeling like a new chapter. I have two kids. I'm done having children. <laughs> I'm just feeling very much like a new version of me has been reborn and I'm coming off a really crazy travel work week. So it feels like there's a lot more energy in my career instead of feeling like, oh, jobs are few and far between or what am I doing next? i feeling very much in abundance with different kinds of projects. I just shot a short documentary. I'm finishing up Unbound. I'm working for an incredible nonprofit called The Representation Project, which is totally kindred spirits with womanthology. It's all about uh, gender justice and representation of women on screen. So I'm helping run their film programs for teenagers. And there's just so many exciting things happening. And I'm trying to just sit in that good feeling instead of worrying about the scarcity or, "Uh oh, what am I going to do next? Just focusing more on the abundance and and what's possible. So uh, I hope Unbound is the first of many narrative shorts and and features that I get to do in my career, but I'm always just ready. Each day I just wake up being like, we'll see what happens today. I'm just excited to be working in television and film professionally on some projects I'm really excited about, and we'll see what happens next, yeah.
0: Well, Sarah, thank you. We will keep in touch and we will keep following your progress and we will keep sh- cheering you on from the sidelines <laughs> with massive fans of what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time today.
2: Hello, my name is Ines Santos. I am the Associate Editor of Womanphology and I am here to tell you all about our new Women of History issue. The stories include sculptor hazel reeves talks to us about the unveiling of her new bronze statue of elizabeth Wolstenholm elmy the woman who inspired the young emmeline Pankhurst. hazel discusses why we need more statues of women on our streets reminding us of the extraordinary things they have done andy mycock politics lecturer at the University of Huddersfield tells us about the university hosting another very different tribute to the suffragettes as part of a national touring exhibition, a life-sized Lego figure called Hope, which is built from more than 32,000 individual pieces staff, students and the public are being encouraged to have their photos taken with it to generate discussion around how we can collectively take steps to tackle the gender inequality still present today. Dr. Nufana Bayan Karam, Pediatric Registrar and Vice President of the Medical Women's Federation, shares her admiration for the female medical predecessors who paved the way for her and her colleagues, including Elizabeth Garrett Anderson, the first woman doctor to gain her license to practice in the UK. Science editor, writer and media producer Maya Weinstock tells us about the book she's written celebrating the life and work of trailblazing physicist and engineer, MIT professor Mildred Dresselhaus, affectionately known as the Carbon Queen. And finally, Maria Devaney, Galleries and Exhibitions Leader at the Royal Botanic Gardens at Kew, discusses the intrepid and exceptionally talented Marianne North, who explored the world on her own to follow her love for botanical illustration at a time when it was unheard of for women to travel solo. Do check out our website, womanphology.co.uk, to read the full stories. And that is all from me.
0: Sadly, that's all we have time for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, if you want to support what we do, and share the link for the show on social media and also follow the show. The feedback is really important, so please do rate and review the show in your podcast app join us for the next episode where we consider the best ways to eliminate the gender pay gap.